Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Katherine Miller. I am the founder of the Miller Law Group and director at the Center for Understanding in Conflict. And I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And my guest today is Nikki Bruno. Nikki became a professional coach in 2016 after 15 years in the book publishing industry. In her core coaching program, The Epic Comeback, she helps women build joyful lives after being sidelined by divorce, domestic abuse, illness, or loss. Her work has been featured in Best Self Magazine, Cosmopolitan, Bustle, Glassdoor, and several podcasts, among other media outlets. Welcome, Nikki. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Catherine. It is an honor to be here. I'm really happy to be speaking with you today. That's great. So what is an epic comeback in the context of divorce? Or, you know, really, it's really in the context of anything. What makes up an epic comeback? What makes up an epic comeback, or really the difference between an epic comeback and just sort of a regular comeback? A regular (laughs) comeback, yes, right. So I like to say that I don't help people kind of just survive and move on, because we can all just survive and move on, although there are definitely times during the divorce process, I know this was true for me, where I thought, am I really going to get through this? And I had some doubts about that. But when I was in a place to stage where I was ready to stage my own epic comeback, I didn't want to just move on. I wanted to reclaim my power. I wanted to combine the vintage best of old me with the creation of a new me that was possible and wonderful and joyous, partly because of what I had gone through. So an epic comeback is a reclaiming of your power and a taking responsibility to be the architect of your own best life, that you have are making a decision that you are going to stage a resurgence and you are going to be at the helm of not only your own life, but also the lives of your children and kind of the new version of your family, the new constellation of your family. It's a big deal. It's, yeah. it's really a, I mean, an epic comeback, according to my framework that I've been, I've been having so much fun developing this framework. And an epic comeback has a certain sequence that I've been studying and creating. And it also takes a number of different characteristics. I've, I've narrowed them down to 15. It's those characteristics, personal characteristics and qualities that characterize an epic comeback as opposed to, say, a meek one or a right. just moving on. moving on. So are you saying these are 15 characteristics required of the person who wants to stage an epic comeback? Yes. I call it the epic comeback toolkit. So what you need in order to succeed in staging an epic, grand, spectacular comeback in your life and in your career. So what are some of those? Well, some of the characteristics and three that I really would love to highlight on this show, one of them is having what I call a sacred relationship with yourself. Number two that I would want to highlight is an absolute commitment to truth-telling, telling the brutal truth to yourself, 
particularly to yourself and kind of conducting an audit of of your life, what what's in your corner, maybe some of the obstacles that tend to get in your way, and really committing to be completely honest with yourself about where you are as well as where you want to be. So that's number two. Number three is radical acceptance. You talk a little bit about what that is. So radical acceptance is one of the top characteristics that got me through not only my high-conflict divorce, but also the comeback that I staged in my own life. Radical acceptance, is it's related to truth-telling. Once you know and have told yourself the truth about your situation, whether it's the truth of your divorce, some truths about yourself, about your partner or former partner, about your children, about your financial situation, you decide to tell the truth, the kind of, as I said, kind of take take an audit of where you are, and then you decide to accept it. You figure out what you have control over, such as your attitude, such as potentially where you're living, and you figure out what you don't have control over. You do not have control over the actions of your spouse or ex-spouse, for example. You do not have control over your own, for example, history of depression and anxiety. You do not have control over a number of other aspects of how, of how the divorce process goes or of what happened in the past within your marriage. And so radical acceptance is a decision that you make to live with a reality that you may not like and that you may not approve of but that you have decided to surrender to and realize that you can't change it and move on from that and let it go. And one of the reasons this is so important is that when you're able to radically accept a very difficult reality, such as for me, I had to radically accept that I was not going to be able to be the parent that I have always wanted to be for my children in the sense that I was only going to be able to spend half the time with my children because my former husband and I share 50-50 custody. That's an example of something I had to radically accept. It took me a very long time even to be willing to face that reality or to face that possibility. But once I did, it created this freedom in my mind that enabled me to spend energy on the things that I can control, such as creating an unconditionally loving and warm and safe environment in my own home for my children when they are with me. You know, Nikki Bruno, that sounds really amazing, you know, to be able to do that and super, super simple and really challenging. Yes, yes. And often I think some of the simplest things in life are the most challenging. But once you kind of build up that muscle and once you exercise it, it becomes easier and easier. Well, I'm thinking that our listeners might be wondering, well, that really sounds great, Nikki, but what about anger? What about guilt? What about sadness? What about resentment? What about unforgivable acts on the part of somebody else? How do I deal with my feelings around that and get to a place where I'm free of them? That is such a beautiful question. That is such a good question and so important. There are many ways to process and heal from and give voice to those emotions, those passionate, strong emotions that we feel during and after divorce. For me, 
in the wake of my divorce and as I was sort of coming out onto the other side to a state that I would call kind of functionality or normalcy, <laughs> so like getting past sort of the crisis point and being able to get back on my feet, I was in an incredible state of anger. I was feeling more anger during that period of my life than I had cumulatively felt anger in the rest of my life previous to that. And my suggestions for that, number one, find a good therapist, 100%. Find a good therapist. Therapists are people who are licensed and qualified to help us process our emotions, to help us express them, to help us really live in them and kind of work through them and perhaps kind of transcend our emotions or find a way to kind of replace them with a different feeling or replace them with a different state of mind or a different attitude or emotion. I mean, so rather than just good, kind of leaving you like empty feeling. Oh, gosh, yes. Yes. And also a therapist is somebody who is qualified to treat people for PTSD, for depression, for anxiety, for mental health conditions and disorders that many people fall prey to before, during, and after divorce. And it is a, it's a form of medical and self-care that I consider to be more than important, essential. And it was for me. I've been seeing the same therapist for about seven, eight years now, and she was a pillar for me going through my divorce. So that's one way. Another way is to do personal development. Personal development would include hiring a coach, would include reading self-help books, they actually really help when you when you open yourself up to the ideas in some reliable, well-done books. It can be very, very helpful because it helps you to externalize what has happened to you in the sense that you can you can see that you're not alone and you can understand that there are other people who have had really healthy trajectories in going through divorce and in recovering from divorce. Another suggestion is one of my top suggestions is exercise. When I started working out very regularly and following a nutrition and fitness plan, that was the beginning of my epic comeback. And it helped me so much when I was really angry about a particular something that had happened or a communication I had had with my husband and then ex-husband. I would, instead of lying down on the couch and feeling awful about it and deflated, I would work out instead. And I believe so strongly in the power of fitness to help us process emotions and get through emotions that in my core coaching program, the Epic Comeback, folks who join the, the program at the platinum level are required to participate in, in a, a fitness aspect of the program. I think there's so many benefits to exercise, uh, you know, in a divorce or not. But even in the divorce process, people often worry about being back on the dating scene. And it, people can feel so much more comfortable about themselves and confident if they feel like they look good and feel good, too. Absolutely. It was it was like night and day when I began to work out again. I had gone three years not working out and with, um, you know, pretty poor eating habits. I was eating comfort food all the time. And I was being compassionate with myself about that. And I, I have no regrets. I, I needed to kind of go fetal <laughs> for a while. But in the wake of that, the beginning really of my, of my comeback was a turning point where I had put enough of the fundamental pieces back together in my life, making sure that I had a place to live, making sure my, my children were okay, making sure that I was back on my feet and, and kind of reaching that normalcy. And then I, I reached a day where I was ready to look at myself in the mirror, literally. And I literally looked at myself in the mirror and I said, 
this isn't funny anymore. I've gained 30 pounds and now it's time to change that. And within two days, my energy level went from about a four to about an eight or a nine. I could feel my metabolism changing and I could feel personal power running through my veins again. It was really intense. You know, I wonder also about just making the decision could have changed some of that as well. This is Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Catherine Miller. I'm talking today with Nikki Bruno. Uh, Dialogue on Divorce is here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30, or perhaps you're listening on our podcast, which is available on iTunes, SoundClouds, as well as on the podcast website, www.divorcedialogues.com. And we're talking about an epic comeback after divorce. And so, Nikki Bruno, tell us the sort of epic comeback journey. What do people go through as part of your coaching program? I would love to. Yes. So in addition to the Epic Comeback Toolkit that I was referring to before, kind of the the qualities that you need in order to succeed, I've also created what I call the Epic Comeback Journey. And the steps of that journey, really, it starts with any any Epic Comeback kind of starts in a period of, pardon my language, but utter hell, (laughs) being at the absolute bottom. And that looks different for all of us, of course. And this this process and journey is going to have variation, uh, definitely going to have variation. After the period of hell, a period of healing, and when I was talking about seeing a therapist, hiring a life coach, reading self-help books, getting back into an exercise program, things like that, those are things and activities that we do while we're healing and returning kind of to basic functionality and normalcy. And then... Once we kind of have our feet back on the ground, that's when the epic comeback starts. And I believe that it always starts with a turning point. So we begin with a turning point, which for me was what I was talking about before and saying when I looked in the mirror and I actually really looked at kind of what my body and my health had become. There's a turning point where we make that decision. Something happens. Something triggers a turning point where we make a decision that everything needs to change or something needs to change and there's no going back. And after that turning point, I believe that an epic comeback requires what I call a reckoning, which is really taking stock of what has happened to you, where you are, how you're feeling, telling the, uh, I was talking about a commitment to telling the truth before. So really telling the brutal truth and going through that period of reckoning where you decide, where you figure out what do I have in my corner? What are my assets? What are my superpowers? And then what, what are the kinds of obstacles that tend to get in my way? So where am I right now? It's sort of like the equivalent of the halftime coach speech. So if you're playing a basketball game and you're way, way behind, during halftime, the coach will say, okay, guys, okay, ladies, this is where we are right now. We're down by this amount of points. Our defense has been weak, et cetera, et cetera. That's the reckoning. After that is a phase that I call clearing, which is where you let go and get rid of what you don't need. And that means within your mindset, that means letting go of emotions, that can mean uncluttering your home, that can mean paying attention to your health and getting rid of all the all the junk you've been eating. So that's what I call the clearing, followed by the epic vision. So in order to create an epic comeback, we need to have a vision of where we want to be. And I help my clients to create that vision. And to figure out, this is the ultimate for me. I help them dream big and decide, this is what I want my life to look at. And and this is what it's going to sound like and smell like and feel like. This is my epic vision. 
And then after that, it's down to, and this is what, this is what life coaches do best, is we help our clients not only create a vision, but also make a plan. So the next step is setting goals and making a plan on how to get to them, how to realize those goals. And then the next step is taking action, which is a huge part of any epic comeback. You've got to kind of reside in your, in your executive self and really take action. And that's followed by troubleshooting and expecting that there will be resistance. There will be some tests to your discipline, to your focus. There will be setbacks. And, and it's our job to troubleshoot. The final step in an epic comeback, according to my framework, is the epic launch, which is I believe that when we are, are really, truly succeeding in staging a comeback in our lives, we ought to have some kind of celebration, whether it be a party, whether it be going out with friends, whether it, whatever it is, some kind of launch or some kind of ritual, almost like a debut. Yeah, it's like so the reveal. <laughs> the reveal, yes. Well, great. I, I think that sounds like a really worthwhile and interesting and challenging journey for people who are working with you. Uh, I want to remind people that they're listening to Dialogue on Divorce, and I'm Catherine Miller. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30 and also available as a podcast on www.divorcedialogues.com. And I'm talking to Nikki Bruno about the epic comeback after divorce or other issues, domestic abuse or illness or loss. And Nikki, if people are interested in learning more about your program, how can they do that and, and contact you if they wish? Thank you, Catherine. The best way to learn more about my program and my offerings is to go to my website, which is coachnickybruno.com. So that's C-O-A-C-H-N-I-K-K-I-B-R-U-N-O.com. And there is a contact form on my website that's very reliable. I offer a half an hour free consultation call with anyone who's interested in exploring a coaching relationship with me. And I also, this is on my website as well, on August 2 to 4, 2nd to 4th, this coming summer, I am running a retreat on maintaining healthy boundaries, setting and maintaining healthy boundaries. And it will be on a beautiful farm in New Hampshire and Healthy Boundaries is part of the toolkit of what you need in order to succeed in an epic comeback. Yeah, I would think that that's all in alignment with what you can and cannot control. Absolutely, yes. Because it's so, I think, very, very challenging for people when, when they're getting divorced to try to untangle, in my experience, to untangle from the other person. And so what happens is I find with my clients is they'll say, well, I could do this as long as he did that or she did that. And and it's like, no, <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't need the other person to do something in order to be the best person you can be. And, and that's a very hard thing to learn, but a really important thing to learn if you're going to have a happy future life. What do you think? I agree with you. I really agree with you. And, and, it's about taking personal responsibility, and that goes back to having a sacred relationship with yourself. And if there is any message that I would want to send to really to every human in the world, but particularly somebody who has gone through something traumatic and difficult, and divorce qualifies highly for that, is that every single one of you, everyone who's listening to this right now, you were born powerful and awesome and incredible. Every single one of us is born that way. And when you commit to having a sacred relationship with yourself and knowing sources of your power are and knowing what your gifts are, 
you are going to be able to be there for yourself and your children and your family in a way that you will be able to cherish. And it really comes down to making that investment in yourself and investing in getting to know yourself. And part of that is part of that is personal development. Part of that is working on your mindset. You know, Nikki Bruno, you spoke a few minutes ago about finding your superpower. What is that? So one of my greatest superpowers actually is helping other people find their superpowers. It's it's actually, I do I do a process called the superpower finding. And I do this with all of my clients where we have about a 20-minute conversation and I ask some really key questions that help people uncover their superpowers. Superpowers, they're aspects of who you are that come very naturally to you, that you're incredibly good at, and that bring you joy, according to my definition. That's my definition of a superpower. So, for example, if you are a really technically good violin player, and maybe even playing the violin brought you joy at some time in your life, but you're at a point where it just doesn't bring you joy anymore. In fact, people ask you all the time to play the violin, but it fills, it fills you with dread because it doesn't bring you joy. Then, according to my definition, that is not a superpower. A superpower is something that when you do it, you are in your zone of genius. You are in the flow. You are operating as your absolute best self. And one of the funny things about superpowers is that we're often blind to our own superpowers because they come so naturally to us that even if other people might say that they're remarkable and that they admire us for them, sometimes we say, well, we don't really see them as special. And we say, well, that's not my superpower. That's just who I am. Yeah. So it's devalued because it's easy. Yeah. And you don't even necessarily really see it about yourself or you assume that everybody is that way. Well, can you give some examples of superpowers of clients you've worked with? Oh, absolutely. So one superpower, an example is intuition. I have a client whose superpower is that she has an ability to see beauty in every aspect of her life. She has an ability to see beauty even in very difficult and even traumatic circumstances of her own life. Another example of a superpower is sensitivity to your body. There are some people who are very sensitive to their own bodies and are really incredible at expressing themselves through body movement. Gosh, there are so many different examples of superpower. Another example is having an extremely nimble intellect. People who are super smart, not just in terms of, say, standardized test scores, but people whose brains enable them to make connections between and among elements that are very different that other people might not see the connections um, between. So different types of intellectual abilities there are lots and lots of examples. That's very um, that's very useful. You know, we don't have a lot of time left, but I do want to go back and ask you this one question, and that is, what do you think in the epic comeback process is the hardest part for people? Oh, I love that question. I mean, I realize people are different, but there's got to be, you know, some place where more often than not, it's like, all right, this felt great in the beginning. I started out great. Or yeah. or, or even maybe it's just starting. I don't know. But I think, mm -hmm. you know, the whole idea of, of staging an epic comeback sounds so great. And I just wonder where, you know, if people are thinking, you know, that sounds great, but I couldn't do it because this or that or the other thing. What is the biggest challenge people face? And quickly, you know, how do you help them through it? The biggest challenge that people face is fear. 
And I know that wasn't one of the stages that I identified. Feeling fear is not one of the stages, but fear is, I would say, the number one obstacle that holds people back. And it can be so easy to say, well, I can't do this. I can't create a vision because of this. Or I'm having a hard time taking action because of this. Or, oh my gosh, it's really hard for me to establish a goal because of my self-esteem or because there's somebody in my life who's holding me back. But it can st- it could show up like money. I can't afford it. I don't have the time for it. I'll, I'm too busy for it. I don't have the attention for it, right? I mean, these things sound, they sound like they're concrete thing, but they're really masking a, an emotional or fear-based reason. Is yes. that is that Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yep. And I help people name that. That's that's the, the first step is naming the fear, and then the next step is is really living in the fear and, and working working with it, and be almost like becoming friends with your fear. That's great. A great place to stop, Nikki Bruno. It's been a pleasure to have you on Dialogue on Divorce. Thank you so much. Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> 